Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. College program offering Mississippi families free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance to Mississippi students of all ages. More at gettocollege.org. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, March 4th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a bitter debate in the State House over a proposed ban on so-called critical race theory. Then, a look at one of hundreds of family dollar stores temporarily shuttered after an inspection revealed deplorable conditions inside a warehouse. And we talk with Jackson hip-hop artist Dear Silas. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Gentlemen, I know that you're passionate about this issue. I know. No, you don't. You don't know. A lot you have no idea. Do you, have you ever had a cousin who had a bomb set up under his seat? Democrat Robert Johnson of Natchez, who is black, speaks over white Republican Joey Hood of Ackerman amidst a tense debate yesterday at the State House. The matter at hand, a bill to ban the teaching of so-called critical race theory. House Democrats, most of whom are black, oppose the legislation. They say it threatens to whitewash the history of racism in the state. Here's Democrat Edward Blackman of Canton. It feels like today I'm walking up the down staircase. Because I'm going up, but I'm not going anywhere. Because I could be back in 1979 sitting here listening to the same kind of rhetoric. Every time I think we've changed, I find that we have not changed. Republicans in the House who are predominantly white supported the bill. Joey Hood says the measure has been unfairly characterized as something it's not. History will continue to be taught. American history, Civil War history. Mississippi history, the history of our state will continue to be taught. What the legislation says is there will be no one child taught that's inferior or superior based on race, sex, religion, or national origin. Ultimately, the bill passed by a vote of 75 to 43. It'll go to the governor's desk for his signature. Coming up, a look at one of hundreds of family dollar stores temporarily shuttered after, after an inspection revealed awful conditions inside a warehouse. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. 
If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Hundreds of family dollar stores in the U.S. have closed temporarily across six southern and midwestern states. Inspectors reported more than a thousand rodents at one of its large Arkansas warehouses. Stores needed time to pull potentially contaminated items off their shelves. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom went to one of the many Gulf South towns where dollar stores are one of the few places to buy food. As a cross-country trucker, Harris Wade could live just about anywhere. So he chose York, Alabama, a town of 2,500 near the Mississippi border. A nice place here. You know, it's quiet. Mm, There ain't just no real, real bunch of crime and stuff going on around here. You know, people know each other. York has a bustling downtown. Not so much from shopping, but from a highway that cuts right through it and freight trains that come through the rail line. Many stores here are shuttered, but artists have painted the brick buildings with giant murals of blue vinyl records showcasing the region's music. Wade does have one complaint. York doesn't have a grocery store. You're going to have to go 10 miles to get a gallon of milk. You don't need that. Luckily, he doesn't have to do that because the town has both a Dollar General and a Family Dollar. He can go there to get snacks for the road, eggs, and that milk. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I'm a big fan of Family Dollar and Dollar Jam, both of them. How do you feel about uh, the Family Dollar being closed right now? I hate it because, shoot, a lot of people depend on that store. The older people around here ain't got jobs. They own fixed income. That's true for lots of people in rural towns, which is why they depend so much on dollar stores. They're a place where people can buy everything from canned beans to motor oil. Not always literally for a dollar, but the stores emphasize cheap and convenient over glamour. They're some of the largest and fastest growing chains in the country. The Family Dollar in York's one of 404 stores temporarily shuttered this week after the rats were discovered. The FDA warned that food and medicine that came from the warehouse could have been contaminated. Kind of makes me a little skittish about buying, like especially like food items and things out of there. York resident Derek Brown says he shopped at York's Family Dollar every other day. He's planning on going back when it reopens, though he might skip the aspirin too. Even though I know it hasn't been open, but it's just a point. <laughs> just, just the thought of it. <laughs> Outside of restaurants, the only places selling food in York are gas stations and a convenience store. There are a couple of small grocery stores about 10 miles away, but larger supermarkets like Walmart could mean an hour-long round trip. Dollar store prices are hard to beat, even for regional franchises like Piggly Wiggly. One in York closed in 2019 after less than a year open. Brown's not sad to see it go. Right before they closed, you know, they went up on their prices, and that's when they went, they started going down, down, downhill. Five dollars for a gallon of milk, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. But a bigger problem is the shrinking population in rural areas like York. There are just not enough shoppers to keep grocery stores in the black. That, along with high inflation, makes rural dollar stores even more essential. A lot of people are just happy to have a cheap, nearby place to shop. Even the limited competition wants it back soon. Tiadra Artis is the general manager for Monica's, half of which sells beauty supplies, the other half liquor, which she admits is an unusual combo. For some people, it's right up their alley, though. Artis says she celebrates having any business open in York, dollar store or otherwise. 
Of course, you know, you want to support a local business and a small business. But when we have, I think, maybe seven businesses total, maybe 10, I'm all for it. That story was reported by Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom. The Gulf States Newsroom is a partnership among public media stations in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. Stephen joins us now. Thank you for being with us. So tell us, in recent days, I hear we've learned more about the conditions inside that Arkansas warehouse. So Axios, that website, gets credit for getting this document from the FDA on their report, and it it is not a pretty sight. I mean, they got reports of live and dead rodents and smell throughout the entire warehouse. Uh, Sorry, this is not something you might want to be hearing, but dead rats on conveyor belts, bags of food that were kind of not open and spilled onto other products. Uh, There's large gaps in the dock doors and the dock plates that let rodents in, and none of this is really... New. I mean, th- th- this information came out recently, but as far as the state of this warehouse, apparently between March and September, they had captured more than 2,300 rodents at the warehouse. So clearly this has been a long-stemming problem at this warehouse with conditions being poor for a long time now. And people were working in that condition? Yeah, yeah. There were people that were working at that uh, warehouse the entire time, and some of the complaints in the FDA document had mentioned this idea that just there wasn't proper uh, protocols for keeping the place clean. You looked at one small town in Alabama with only a few food options outside of a grocery store. Is that a problem in Mississippi as well? Yeah, when we're looking at this, how many of these 404 stores that close across six states, how many in Mississippi, we're talking about something like 120 stores. And even beyond these stores, it is pretty common uh, across Mississippi and rural Mississippi, uh, from the Delta to other rural parts of the state, for there only to be a few few food options, often dollar stores. Often there is like a dollar general there as well, wherever there's a family dollar is a dollar general as well. So it's not like people have no access to food after that point. But often this is their, they can only turn to dollar stores. They can only turn to convenience stores for food. It's not going to be often very rarely as nutritious options as a fuller grocery store. So it's a big problem. And, and also... It's it's not that far of a drive, maybe 10, 15 minutes to get to a, another grocery store in another community. But in many of these rural places, you have an aging population dealing with poverty. The access to transportation is limited. So location really does matter, even within a town. You talk with some of the store officials. Have they updated the timeline for reopening? What do they have to do to reopen? Yeah, so many stores have reopened, including York, Alabama, the town that we uh, that I looked at for that story. And they have been disinfecting the stores. They have been getting rid of some of the products that came from that warehouse. And Thursday morning, I called a dozen or so stores across Louisiana, Mississippi. Most answered and said that they had reopened uh, different times throughout this past week. One Louisiana store, though, told me they don't have much in the way of food at the store. Uh, Mostly just things like chips if you wanted anything to eat from there again, which is a problem from a nutrition standpoint for people in these communities when that's one of their few options. One Mississippi store told me that they were short on things like hygiene and household products, though they expect to get a shipment sometime toward the end of this week that should hopefully remedy that 
And this all comes at a significant cost to Dollar Tree, which is the company that owns Family Dollar. They disclosed on Wednesday in their fourth quarter earning report that this whole closure has cost them around $34 million. And while that is a lot of money, it's also not much compared to how much money they're bringing in. So compared to to last year at this time to now, they had a 4.6% increase in net sales. That's more than $7 billion in sales. So even with problems like they face with these store closures, these dollar stores are still clearly bringing in a lot of money, especially as people rely on them as they deal with things like high inflation and so some of the economic toll that we're dealing with from the pandemic. Can consumers feel confident that when they go in the stores now, they're getting products that haven't been tainted? Well, I mean, there's a question of what the conditions are like at these other warehouses that uh, the the new products are coming from. I mean, Family Dollar pledges that they're doing what they can to make sure that things are being reopened safely. And they have part of the reason they closed these stores. It was not mandated by the FDA. This was a voluntary closure so that they could deal with cleaning these stores, disinfecting them, getting rid of the product. So ideally, things have improved as far as what's on the shelves. But it's still unclear if these were bad practices in one Arkansas warehouse. It's unclear if it's limited to that warehouse or if this was a wider problem across uh, family dollar, this issue wasn't really forced until the FDA came in. And this we know this was an issue for many, many months, for nearly a year now. So that does raise the question that they're not voluntarily saying this that this happened in this warehouse. What are conditions like at their other warehouses? Stephen, thank you so much. We appreciate your reporting on this important issue. Thank you for having me. Still ahead, we talk with Jackson hip-hop artist Dear Silas. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Jackson singer Dear Silas is a fixture of Mississippi's hip-hop scene and a rising star nationally. In October of 2018, he signed with Sony's RCA music label. And a few months later, his song Skr Skr debuted at Spotify's number one viral record. Now Silas says he's working on a new mixtape that's expected to release in a few months. Yesterday, he spoke with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. My dad was a musician, uh, and, you know, I just grew up watching him play every day, play a saxophone and practice every day. Didn't know exactly, like, what medium that was going to be, you know, realizing, but I knew I wanted to have something to do with it, and Talk to me about when you started putting out music professionally and when did that start really gaining traction? So professionally, let's see here. Um, maybe the day I died was like my first, I would say, full, like cohesive um, body of work or album. And that was like maybe um, 2016. That project featured the song Gullah Gullah Island, which is one that really stuck out to me and my understanding was it also stuck out to a former notable NFL player who helped you gain some exposure yeah. Chad Ochocinco tell us about that the record uh, is produced by a hometown native by the name of Don Shea and I dropped the record 
this is before uh, the day I died, the actual body of work came out. But yeah, dropped the record, and yeah, Ocho Cinco ended up like it got attached to this meme uh, from Kids Dancing, and he ended up retweeting it, and it just kaboomed from there. You know, like some other people had already retweeted it too, but when he did it, it just I remember being at work at the time. I was working at the Apple Store. I remember working with a customer, and my phone just started blowing up. And I'm looking like, what's going on? What's going on? And I see like the song, like he he retweeted the song, and it was going crazy. So I like I literally like left a customer at the front of the store, like, look, I'm sorry, but I got to go take care of something. I'll be right back. And I had to go to the back to make sure the song was like uploaded. I think at that time it was only in one spot. And I, I I needed to like make sure I could get ahead of the you know the traction that it was building, so I went and got it on YouTube and every other place I could think of at the time. But yeah, um, shout out to Ojo Cinco, man. I think I I think I said something to him not long ago about that, maybe some months back, just saying thank you because you know you really like changed the trajectory of my life. So yeah. <laughs> And speaking of that job at the Apple Store, I also read, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it was at that job that you came up with the song Skr Skr, which is also one of your more better-known hits. Uh, what was the, the writing, the composition, the ideation process like there? Man, uh, that was a crazy experience, too. Um, I think I can't remember what holiday it was, but it was definitely a date where we were super-duper slow uh, at the store. And I think we had all gathered in a room. Like I, 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 did, I was the parent phone and whatnot, and I didn't have any, much, I didn't have too much coming through at the time. So we were just chilling. And uh, my homie, uh, my friend Darren Givens, goes by the name of Flywalker. He had just sent me that beat maybe like the day before. And so I just kind of, in my free time, I always try to use as much time as I can, just like just write the stuff or listen to music. And I put the beat on. And I was like, I'm gonna pull up on you, skirt, skirt. And it was just a freestyle. And we were just, and, and before you knew it, like it was two people in the room, it was three people in the room, it was 10 people in the room, it was 20 people in the room. Everybody was like, skirt, skirt, or whatever. And I would say, like, the next day I came into work, it was like before the store opened. So I think one of my coworkers, she, she might have been putting some, some products out or something like that. And I could hear her, like, singing under her breath. She was like, skirt, skirt. And I was like, damn, this is still in her mind. Like the next day, I was like, maybe, maybe I should like make a song, <laughs> make a song out of it for real, you know. And then my and then my manager uh, at the time, he was telling me, nah, you gotta add this to the project. You gotta add it to the project, which I was working on the last Cherry Blossom. And I was completely done with it. Skirt Skirt was the biggest record on that album. Was the uh, the last song to get added into the mix. But yeah, last uh, Skirt Skirt got added like literally like right before the release so yeah it just kind of it worked out <laughs> i'm glad too <laughs> <laughs> and i'm ex really excited to be talking to you today because i know back in september you put out a tweet announcing that you had completed a new mixtape and that if you got five thousand retweets you would drop it it's taken a few yeah. months but from the looks of things just today you've hit that five thousand number how does that feel, and when can we expect to hear some new music? Oh, uh, man, that feels... So, yeah, I'm still as crazy as you asked that, and it, and it just literally happened. Like, I just checked my phone a second ago, and I was like, oh, man, we, we did it. And I um, should say, this is, we're recording this in the early afternoon on Thursday, March 3rd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's real, man. Um, yeah, it was just like maybe uh, six months and two days, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and it's crazy because when I first said that, uh, 
I had absolutely nothing in the works. And uh, and I was like, so I just, out of nowhere, I said, you know what? If I get this to 5,000 retweets, I'll drop a project. And I said on Instagram, I was like, if y'all give me like a thousand comments or whatever, I'll, I'll drop a project. A thousand comments came the same day. And I was like, ah, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know it was going to happen that quick. So I was like, okay, but don't forget about Twitter, though, you know. And I think, you know, Twitter, like the, the very first day, it might have got to like 1,200 or something like that, and then it slowed down. But it's been a constant grind. I've been working on it the entire time I've been, you know, that that's been promoted. So I had to kind of pull back, you know, and slow down because I noticed, like, the more I talk about it, the more repeats it gets. So I was like, let me slow down because, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get to this number and I don't have anything to produce. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm super-duper stoked. I'm happy. Uh, we got to 5,000 retweets. So I can't even tell you right now, honestly, uh, when that release date is going to be. I, I, but I do gotta I gotta tell some, I gotta tell everybody something today. So I would say, and this is the first time out of my mouth, but definitely somewhere towards the maybe mid end of April. So not too far from the day. Before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about Jackson and about Mississippi. Of course, Mississippi historically no shortage of very talented musical acts. Not a lot of them have stayed here in the state. What's kept you around? I mean, right now, Mississippi is home. You know, um, it's just the culture and it's just the richness. And, 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 and this is where I'm homegrown. This is where I feel the most comfortable. At. I always talk about, like, I talk with my wife about how we'll go, like, to different cities. You know, we'll go to L.A., we'll go to New York, you know, uh, Georgia, wherever on business. And, and it's cool, but it's, it, I guess I'm just so southern, man. It's just so fast. Pace, and I'm like, man, when I get back home, it's just comfortable. And I'm like, I'm glad to be back. And I kind of feel like I do want to I do want to show people that uh, you don't necessarily, not, not saying it's wrong, but you don't necessarily have to pack up every part of your life, you know, and relocate somewhere else just to make things go in your favor. Uh, I definitely uh, believe that, you know, you do have to travel because we're not the central, you know, station for a lot of things, you know, especially industry-wise and music. Uh, even though we definitely have a talent, you know, a lot of people just don't show up here that looking for it. And I want to be a part of that, you know, like that change. You know, I want I want people to like minds to pivot to think um, when they think of like huge talent because we got it, you know what I'm saying? But people are just not looking over this way all the time. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention. I'll Please. Be, uh, Jackson Fest. It's a festival uh, I'm an ambassador for. Uh, it's going to bring a whole bunch of great things to the city of Jackson, the state of Mississippi. It's going to be Big Crit, who's also another hometown hero, Lucky Day, amazing R&B artist, and Rodney Atkins, a country artist, and a host of other people from the state and the city. And uh, I'm going to also be performing on that. Jackson Fest is going to be May 27th uh, through the 29th. And I'm super excited about it. Tickets are on sale right now. Brush my teeth, clean my skin, cause I love my face. Ain't got time for 
This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Have a great weekend.